Welcome to Mama Bear. I'm your host, Kim Landrum. Welcome back to Mama Bear. I hope you're having a good week. I was just sitting here thinking about the fact that it has been... Gosh, not even four weeks since I sat down with my sister Cheryl to record that initial episode and really get this sucker off the ground. And now I am four episodes in. Well, this this episode, um, and it, it's just it's crazy. So I just wanted to say thank you to. Those of you that have listened to any of the episodes who have liked a post, shared a post, recommended it to a friend, um, reached out with an encouraging word, any of that, thank you so much because it has been just remarkable for me to read messages from people validating and supporting things that I, I thought were important to me but didn't really know how interesting some of these these topics like under eating would really be to a mass audience. So anyhow, it's just it's been really fun. So I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Today, I'm welcoming a guest, Emma Woodward, who I have known for several years. And she is one of those people that Even though there is a 30-year age gap between us, I I consider her a friend and um, and a a mentor in in some regards. I mean, she she has taught me so much about approach her approach to life, um, nutrition, uh, really just going after the things that you want in life and, and crafting a life. That is meaningful to you. So I'm really excited to share her with you today. So thanks for tuning in. I have a uh, an Instagram friend. Do you have friends on Instagram that you've never met, but y'all are, you feel like yeah. you're really good friends? Yes. Um, a friend, Jessica, that lives in Tennessee. She's a dental hygienist and she posted this picture of flossing and she, it was something like, it was really gross. It was graphic. And she said, we know y'all don't floss. And so I had to come up here and brush my teeth and floss before I even did the podcast, just because I, it was so gross. Everyone out! Oh my gosh! Okay, okay. So, you ready? Yeah. Okay. All right. Again, if we if we screw up, it's fine. It's that's how it's supposed to be. Okay. So we are already recording, but uh, um, got a couple notes. I've got my questions, but. Um, I am really excited to welcome Emma Woodward to the show today because first of all, I I love her. And second of all, as soon as I decided that I was going to move forward with the podcast, I reached out to her almost immediately and asked if she would come on. She is just one of those people that is to me a, she's the epitome of positivity and and joy and authenticity and I have never known her to present herself in a way um, that is only the best version and that's what I love about her she is sort of you know warts and all and and I love that 
she brings so much energy to my life. So I'm thrilled to have her here today. I am glad that all of this is happening so that we get a chance to talk and share your story with other people. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. And this is something that I'm so passionate about, just health and wellness. And I've been through it all. Um, You know that, Kim. And we've been, I guess we met in my first semester at UGA. I was taking a graphic design class. And then my last semester at UGA, I was in Kim's campaigns class. So just been um, a great journey with her and just grateful to be here and for you to think about me um, to come on. So super excited. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Well, okay. So I'm going to let you start telling your story, but I felt like I needed to at least set the context of how we know each other. So here's how I'm going to kick that off. So yes, several years ago, you were a student in one of my intro design classes. And I remember I had you all work on a project where you designed some icons that represented who you were, that, you know, character traits or whatever it was that was important to you, however you wanted to tell your story. And you had to illustrate those as icons. And then you had to take it a step further and make it even more autobiographical by building an information graphic. And yours, I think it is still hanging up in the lab. And it is sort of indicative of a food pyramid almost that was your inspiration and just in you know in me trying to understand the nature of your project you told me about health and wellness and I remember asking you what what would your ideal job look like and you have you said at that time I would like to find a way to bring together communications which is what you were studying and health and wellness or nutrition And ever since I've known you, you've been on a path to make that happen. So that is how you and I know each other. You have since graduated and we'll talk about where you are now, but go ahead and and tell us a little bit about yourself and give us some context. Sure. Um, Yeah. So obviously I'm Emma. I grew up in Alpharetta, Georgia. I lived there for 23 years and um, I actually recently made a move. So now I live in Denver, Colorado and I've only been here about two months, but I'm loving it so far. I think that Den- when you think of places where you can hike and bike and be active and, you know, get outside, I think this is like the epitome of, you know, my dream place to be. Um, so I'm here. <laughs> I am working remotely. I work full time. Um, I do have a corporate job, which is interesting for, for myself, um, I would say. But I think that's a good good start. And I always, you know, pursue my passions on the side. And, you know, it's been a dream to move out West and I'm always the person who makes the dream come true. So I knew that it was time and, and here I am now. So that's just a little bit about me. Obviously I graduated from UGA as well. Um, forgot to throw that in there, but I'm sure you all have caught on to that. that point. So you said you grew up in Alpharetta. I yeah. know that you've got a couple siblings. Tell us a little bit about what, what that was like growing up in, in Alpharetta. Yeah. Um, it was, it was good. I had a really great childhood. I'm grateful for my parents and all the friends that I made there. Um, I would say that, you know, when you're from a suburb of Atlanta, there's, you know, the people around you, oftentimes everyone does the same thing, which is fine. That's how they grew up. That's kind of, you know, the path that has been laid out for them, but I've always been the type of person to kind of take the opposite way um, or take, I guess if there's a fork in the road, I'm the, the one that goes the opposite way. So all of my family still lives in the South. All of my friends, they 
kind of, you know, graduate from school, they stay in Atlanta. So I guess I've taken, you know, a different route, but, um, you know, grateful for all of those people and I miss them dearly. But I think that for me, it's, you got to follow your dreams. And this has been one for so, so long. Um, and, you know, if things don't work out here, I can always go home and be back with my family, but I'm just, um, I'm loving it. I don't see myself ever leaving. So I'm glad that I made the jump that I did. So you have, and I, I just know this from Instagram posts, um, I've never met your family, but I know you have a sister and a brother. Where do you fall in that? Are you oldest, middle? Where are you? Yeah, I'm the middle child. So I have a brother. He's the younger, so younger brother, older sister, and I'm smack in the middle. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, did you know, in middle school, high school, I did not grow up in a suburb of Atlanta. To, I, I only lasted in Atlanta nine months and I had to get the <laughs> heck out. Um, so one, I don't know how you did that. Um, but two, you know, what was that like growing up in Atlanta? Was it, to me, I would feel like as a middle schooler, as a high schooler, it would just be highly competitive and enormous amount of stress, not yeah. academically, but maybe socioeconomically? I don't know. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's definitely a, a good point to make. I mean, I definitely grew up my, you know, everyone in my neighborhood, very well off people. And I think that where there's money, there's also, I guess, there's nicer clothes, there's nicer cars, there's, you know, when you go to Alfreda High School, and there's a you have to have a 4.0 GPA to get into any college. There's just that competition, you know, not only like you said, academically, but, you know, to, to look a certain way to, I don't know, you know, have the brand name clothes and, and so on and so forth. So I think that that's definitely impacted me for sure, especially with the way that I perceive myself and the way that I look and, you know, comparing that to other people. So I think as I think that was a struggle, really, especially as a middle schooler, like you said, being that young, not knowing who you were, but like wanting to be someone um, and, and seeing who the older, you know, the older kids at school, what they looked like, like what they wore. So, yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. And I would say I, ca I call it the Alfreda bubble. I don't want to say anything rude about the people there, but it is. It's kind of a little bubble that you, you know, grow up. Everyone kind of looks the same, dresses the same, um, which I, I notice and I'm grateful to be the type of person to be self-aware enough to notice, oh, okay. I mean, maybe not in the moment, but later on you notice, oh, okay, that's why I was doing that. That's why I was acting that way, you know? And you said comparing yourself to older students and wanting to be like them. Well, you had an older sister who she is a, she's a, presence on Instagram, right? She's an influencer. And I, again, I've never met her. Um, but you, you don't look alike physically and she's older than you. So when I say you don't look alike physically, I've seen pictures of her. She looks like you're what we would call that classic tall, very oh, yeah. thin, right? Um, she always has on the right clothes yeah. To, to me, though, I, and I guess we all have our idea of what what's the beautiful person, you know, what, what do the beautiful people look like? And to yeah. me, you represent that because I have always looked at you and thought, yes, she she's the strong one. She's so capable of being able to 
do anything she wants to do. You have always represented fit to me, but having that older sister, was that hard for you? Were y'all different? Yes, we were. And I would say that, you know, when, when most people these days think of like the ideal body, which now I'm grateful to know that there's no such thing. (laughs) But when I was that age, I definitely thought, you know, more slender, more lean, tall, that's like ideal who I want to look like. Now, I would say though, that I have always been a very athletic person. And as far as my, my immediate family goes, my sister has never played sports, um, doesn't really go to the gym. It's not a really big part of her life, but it has always been a part of my life. I mean, since I was like four years old, I was playing soccer. So the way that I looked kind of, I understood, oh, okay, well that's my body shape because I have been lifting weights. I've been training, you know? Um, so I, but at the same time, I, I always thought, you know, being skinnier, being smaller was better, which is such a fallacy. I, I cannot even explain how much I hate that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, being an athletic, you know, build, especially when you start training for sports when you're five years old, it definitely, you think, huh, maybe I'm not, you know, the healthy, strong one. Maybe I'm just like a bigger person, which is not true, but that's kind of what you start thinking once you understand societal, you know, beliefs on health and fitness. Exactly. And if you don't mind, let's just hang out in in this little space for a minute, because I hope that, and maybe it's predominantly women that listen to this podcast, but maybe women that are my age or younger that have girls Mm -hmm. and and boys. I mean, we're talking because we're both female, but we're talking about girls. But I think this is such an important message growing up you talked about body image and I know there were, I've never really struggled with the scale, but I always remember looking at pictures of myself thinking, I don't look like her, even though I know we wear the same size clothes. I just could never see myself that way. So can you talk about how body image has evolved for you over the years? Where were you then? Where are you now? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start off by saying for me, body image was like directly correlated with food. And honestly, if you think of any type of eating or exercise struggle that anyone could have, I've probably had all of them, unfortunately. Um, but when I look back, I think that it's really shaped me into the strong person I am, not only physically, but mostly mentally, because now I know, you know, when, when I'm sitting at the pool and I'm listening to the girls next to me talk about, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ate this today. Or I can't believe I did this today. I sit there and I'm like, Hmm, you know, I don't do that. I don't, you know, negative talk about what I ate or what I did because this is life. I mean, you have to live your life. And as long as you start understanding that your body shape does not have any correlation with your self-worth, which takes many, many years, I will say (laughs) to understand, but once you really understand it and internalize it, that's when like the magic happens. And that's when, you know, you start to understand who you are. And especially, I guess I'll go back to talking about being in middle school and seeing these people around me. And, you know, I was always that athletic build, like bigger person. I would not say I'm I'm big, but, you know, compared to some other people who maybe wouldn't work out. Um, And I look back and now I'm like, I just understand that this body that I created for myself, I can, fuel myself through, you know, nine mile hikes and I can go and 
walk my dog five miles and then go to the gym. And there's a lot of things that I can do that I'm so proud of. And looking back, I think if I only knew that, that that's what's important as opposed to being, you know, skinny and what my body looks like, um, I think, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's been the journey. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe I should redo that. It's kind of- no, 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 we're, we're good. And this is, it's a, it's a organic conversation. So okay. we're, we're great, but I mean, everything you're saying, I keep seeing images of the, you know, strong is the new pretty book. And that whole example, I mean, if given the choice, would I be strong or would I be thin? Oh, I would choose strong any day of the week. You know, all you have to do is unload your groceries from the car one time, right? And, And you realize how important it is to be strong. Yeah. So- you, you played sports. What specifically did you play? So I started out with soccer. That was like in my younger years. And then I actually started playing lacrosse and I played competitively for about 12 years. So really, really long time. Um, I'm playing lacrosse. <laughs> and you have to be, I'm not, the word that keeps coming to mind is substantially strong to play lacrosse. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not necessarily a contact sport, but I mean, you're, you're hustling down the field and you can like check someone's stick to get the ball out. That's the goal really. Um, so you have to be strong to do that. Yeah. And you've got to be able to endure. I mean, you have to run and yeah, but it is full body, right? Because yeah, yeah. I've never played lacrosse, but I've seen it. Um, and you talked a little bit about how your idea of body image was tied to food and that you've struggled with that. Uh, the last episode I talked about my, I, I just chronically under, under eat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I've got busy mom syndrome is sort of what I call it. Yours is, yours is different. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um, definitely. So I started struggling with my diet. I would say, um, actually when I started applying for colleges and, I was, I was leaving high school. I was kind of leaving high school sports and determining where I wanted to go off to school. And everyone has heard this, the freshman 15 and something that I struggle with. I think Kim talks about this a lot is perfectionism and me putting a lot of pressure on myself, not necessarily on other people. I think everyone I meet is like beautiful, but whenever I look at myself, it's, you know, a different perspective. We all have that. Um, but I would say that, you know, I heard this freshman 15 situation and I thought to myself, there is no way that happens to me because I wanted to look a certain way. I couldn't gain 15 pounds. That would be the worst thing that could ever happen to me at that point in my life was to gain any kind of weight. I don't, I don't, I don't care if it was muscle, fat. I didn't care. I just did not want to gain weight. So when I went into college, I did a similar thing. I under ate. I, you know, this was actually so trigger warning for people that struggle with, you know, excessive exercise, things like that. But I didn't take the bus to class. I refused to, you know, do anything other than taking the stairs. I would wear like a Fitbit tracker and make sure that I was getting X amount of calories burned and steps every day. Um, Definitely not eating enough. And it took a toll on not only my mental health, but my social life. And, you know, coming into college, you want you want to make friends, you want to be outgoing. And I've always been a super big personality, but it affected the way that I was even engaging with other people. And that's how I knew I needed to take a step back, 
um, which did not take just one step back, <laughs> but figure out, you know, what is going on? Why am I doing this to myself? I need to be eating enough to fuel my body to walk to my classes, to walk up the stairs. And I wasn't. Um, so that was a time of like, you know, losing weight. And from there, I really, really worked. I mean, for, I would say a year to get to where I am, you know, I, I think eating and exercise, if you've had struggles with that, it's a lifetime of working, you know, to improve it. And it might be a lifetime struggle as well, but you know, once you start really looking into why am I doing this and how can I help myself get out of this? That's when you start figuring out, you know, those healthy ways, the healthy lifestyle that that's right for you. That, um, thank you for sharing that. First of all, um, I, I have to applaud anybody that is willing to talk about where we came from and how we evolved into, into who we are. But I think the more we talk about it, and the more we normalize it, the better that's that's going to be. And that's the thing, you know, I've, I have been around a lot of kids that are in the, I'll say, um, maybe 10 to 18 year old age group. And I would say to the young men and women alike that you have got to make sure that you are fueling yourself, that you are viewing food as fuel. Yes. And if you are an athlete, there is a fine line between not eating enough and eating enough to be able to fuel your workouts and recover properly. Right. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's the big thing that I really urge, not, not just those, those kids, they're young adults and they don't know better, but making parents aware mm -hmm. to really monitor those diets. Um, so was, when you say you had to take a step back and it's taken you a year, what, what does that look like for you now? What kinds of systems did you put in place to make sure that you were able to, to manage your relationship with food? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, I just want to say, I'm so glad to talk about this now. It's, it used to be something that would be really, really difficult to talk about, but if I can impact, this is my whole life. I, if I can impact one person with my story, then I think that I've done my job here <laughs> on the planet, you know, just because of, I know how much I've struggled and other people are as well. So I know I talk about this so candidly, it would have been hard to in the past, but now it's a bit easier. Um, but as far as steps I've taken, I mean, I went to therapy for a long time. I would go to therapy. I'm so stubborn. I hated it. I, I couldn't even bring myself, but I went and, you know, just talking to someone who has kind of an external perspective, who doesn't really know you and wants, you know, I guess what I'm saying is if you talk to someone that, you know, they might just say, well, you know, eat more food or don't wear that watch. Don't, you know, take the stairs, take the elevator. But when you're talking to someone who is a therapist, they know what they're doing. They know how to help you. I think it's really important. Um, and if you you don't want to go to therapy, just finding those people that you can confide in. This, this was the most isolating time in my life. And in order to help myself, you have to talk to people. So I went to my mom. I went to a couple of my friends. And by no means, you need to go to like, you know, a hundred of your closest friends and tell them about your struggles, but find that person who you can confide in because when you don't feel alone, it makes things way, way, way easier. Um, and I think that that's something I love how we talked about normalizing this stuff because 
oh my gosh, if I had just, you know, talked to someone about this, maybe I wouldn't have gone through it for over a year, you know, by myself and thought I am alone. You know, I don't have friends. I, I don't know. So nobody's going to understand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this goes for, for men, for women, for girls, for boys. I know that everyone, you know, has insecurities, has struggles, but talk to someone, whether it's, you know, professional or, or just a close friend and, and start there. Um, I would say now I'm definitely not going to therapy. I think it could be great for me, but I don't necessarily think that I need it now. Um, but something big for me, just because I don't want things to be centered around food. I used to, you know, if I got a good grade on something or if I did something, it was a big accomplishment. I would kind of treat myself by like going out to dinner, but it's actually interesting that now I try to treat myself by, you know, going on a hike or going to read a book by the pool, things that don't like surround um, food, because that is not helpful for my mental health. I don't, I think that everyone obviously deals with things in a different way, but that was something that was huge for me is instead of, you know, going out to eat or not eating, you know, to, to treat myself, to compensate this, this way, I have found something else that I've enjoyed. I, I love that. And you're right. You think about that. And think of all the family celebrations that we grow up and they are right. Very food centric holidays, you know, accomplishments, things like that. We go to a restaurant or we do this or that. Yeah. I love that you are now celebrating with an act of self-care. Yes. So it's relaxing, reading a book or, or doing something with river. Yeah. Your dog, your sweet dog. Um, okay. Well, this brings me to something else that I really want to make sure that we talk about today. So you kind of skirted around having an, a, an Instagram profile that revolved around food. And it, it was a couple of different things. You had a couple of different names and then finally it was adventurous apron, right? And yes. this, this happened in 2020, right? You yes kind of pulled everybody and said, what should I call it? And you renamed it. Um, And that that also coincided, and I'm going to let you talk about it, but it also coincided with you starting to decorate cakes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So do you want to talk about that account? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, This is funny. I actually, I was taking notes earlier. I I know I didn't need to, but of course I was trying to be prepared and I was writing about how my fitness and health journey in the past. So a, a couple of years ago, this was like in college, I created an account and it was called, um, balances happiness. And if any of my friends will listen to this, they'll think it's hilarious, but I used balances happiness. That was my first platform for cooking and baking and, you know, talking about recipes. Um, and I would say at that time in my life, I was still kind of struggling with food and, and exercise. So it was interesting that I created that account. And I wouldn't say that I was the most balanced eater, but I lo- I've always loved cooking. I, that was my favorite thing to do is watch cooking shows when I was younger. So I love cooking, love baking. Um, and then, so I guess from there, I took a break from that and I decided to kind of dive into other aspects of my life. And I guess side note, I actually became an orange theory coach once I was, um, kind of recovering from everything that I had been through. Um, and that was really empowering just to, I knew I was excited about health and wellness and I wanted to impact others. So it was really, really cool to go from a a really big struggle in the beginning of college and then becoming this orange theory coach that people would come to about 
their health, health and their wellness. Um, so that was really empowering. And then I actually, now I bake cakes and <laughs> it's funny because in the past you would have, ne- I mean, I would never made cakes. I wouldn't have eaten cake. Like you would give me a piece of cake at a party. I'd be like, no, I'm okay. You know, just that's even, I mean, half the people that I go out to dinner with or see out in public, they're like, oh my gosh, no, no dessert. We can't do it. And now I'm, I love to bake. I love to cook. So during COVID, I started pressing into that passion, which is baking. And I've started, I watched a ton of YouTube and now I bake cakes for different events like birthdays and weddings and just different celebrations. And that's amazing because it's just a, a like triumph for me that I can bake these cakes that I can taste test all of this stuff and not be like guilty or feel ashamed for what I ate, but just feel like, wow, I am a balanced eater. And that was a great, you know, bite of cake. And now I'm going to go on a walk outside and just live my life. Um, and, and that sounds easier said than done, but, um, yeah. So if anyone ever needs a cake, let me know. <laughs> so it's, it's adventurous apron. Is it, yeah. is it, there's no underscore or anything. I'm not looking at it. So I can't, is there It's just the adventurous apron? Yeah. Okay. All right. And I'll, I'll, I'll worry tag about- it. I'll make sure I tag you. I'll post about it and I'll tag. But you said exactly what I have here in my notes, which is every time you post a picture of a cake that you've baked and decorated, which you all have to to see these cakes. They are works of art. Uh, They stand on their own. And if you live in the Denver area, um, or I guess within what, 30 minutes driving distance, and you need a cake for a special occasion, now that we have downplayed using food for special occasions, um, please reach out to Emma because she's got your back. But um, I said, it's evidence of your evolution because I knew that you had struggled with food. I didn't know the extent of it. But then here you are baking cakes, which is 180 degrees from from struggling with that. So I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think um, another point I wanted to make, and this is something I've been thinking about, but in the past, I have put myself from being from Alpharetta, this girl, I put myself into this box of like blonde and, you know, athletic and healthy and orange theory coach. And I just, and I was like smart, you know, just these words that people use to describe me, or like, if you, you know, meet someone on a whim and you want to describe them, it's these surface level words. And I thought to myself, this is weird. Like, how can I be an orange theory coach, but also like love to bake? And how can I be, you know, I, I don't know, just like these, all of these different words that seem a little bit contradicting to me. I couldn't like believe in myself. I didn't know who I was because I thought I had to fit into this box. But now when I think about all the things I do, I'm like, I'm a hiker, I'm a runner. I go to, you know, all these boutique gyms and try different classes. I'm also a baker. And, you know, I'm an employee, but I also have these passions, a dog mom. So anyway, that's just the reason I say that all that is because if you're younger, or even if you're this age and you're trying to figure out who you are and you want to figure out, you know, how you describe yourself, you don't need to be anything. Just do all of the things that you're passionate about. And those can be all of the words to describe you. I mean, you can be an orange theory coach and be a baker. It sounds crazy, but why does that sound? And it's, the reason it sounds crazy is because of our society. You know, no one thinks that fit people eat cake. Well, guess what? They do. <laughs> so that's my spiel. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And I, I fully expect that if we were to sit down in another two years, 
you would have let some of those words go and added a few other words, you know, a few new words to who, who is Emma. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about Denver because there was this thing, like I said, when you were first in my class, you said, I want to find a way to merge my work life with my my life life, like the fun side of my life. And I feel like, and I, I know there were, there was this job and there was this opportunity and this, and then finally this came together. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, when I look at you now, and, and we, we have these little conversations back and forth on Instagram, it looks like you have found exactly what you were looking for. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. I, I guess I'll kind of go off of that, but I do still work for a company in Atlanta and most people would think this is crazy, but I work Eastern hours. So I work 5 a.m. to 2 and I do work remotely. So I'm like sitting at my computer, Um, but my company offered that to me and most people would say, oh my gosh, I'm not waking up at 4.30 in the morning, but that is the ideal work schedule for me (laughs) because I mean, I work, I can make a living and then at two o'clock, I can plug in coordinates to a different hike in the Denver area or head to Boulder or somewhere and I can go hiking or, you know, two o'clock comes around. I can decide, you know what, I'm going to try a new recipe and I can start baking. So it's been ideal. I really, really, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for that company. And then also just being in this amazing place. And I don't have tons of friends here, which is interesting, (laughs) Um, but I've become this independent person who's so like strong in who I am that I go hiking and do all these things by myself. And it's the time of my life. I've, I've never been so happy. So yeah. <laughs> it's been wonderful to see that. And any of you that go follow Emma, so she has a, a personal account and then she also has the adventurous apron account, um, which you should follow both. <laughs> and you can go back through and, and see exactly, exactly when she arrived in, in Denver and see, um, I, I've, but I've loved seeing evidence of you finding yourself out there and crafting this life for you and river. And, um, so it's, it, that's been fun to see. All right. So last, last question, because I try and keep these around 30 minutes. I feel like that's, um, kind of the sweet spot for podcasts. Uh, so on this side of your health journey, what do you want to share with middle and high school or, or even college age or adults? about their bodies? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough question because I think there's so much to, to talk about and to share. Um, but I would say figure out how you can be appreciative of your body. And I think a lot of people are not appreciative because maybe, you know, they think that they ate too much or they, you know, didn't go on a walk or they didn't do this. And it's all the things that are, you didn't do that day. But I would say, think about the things that your body has done for that day and can do and really tap into that. And whether that's, you know, changing your lifestyle to go on a 10 minute walk every day, maybe you're, you know, not so happy about how you look or, you know, you don't think you're active enough. Well, add these tiny little things into your day. And I promise that it'll improve your, your mindset, your body image, how you feel about yourself. Um, and, and don't be afraid to be raw and be vulnerable and tell people, you know, what you're struggling with if you are, because that's when that's being human. (laughs) 
and we all struggle with it. So I promise you someone else can resonate and, you know, give you some advice or just listen. And hmm, what else? I would say, don't believe the fallacy that your worth by any means has to do with what your body looks like, because that is the most false thing you can ever think. Um, yeah. And just, you know, find balance, whatever that means to you, because I still love, I love getting drinks with friends. I love eating cake, but I also love hiking and, you know, making veggies and trying a new recipe for dinner. So figure out what that means to you. And that'll probably, I don't know, improve your life a little bit. (laughs) You, you brought all the words of wisdom that I hope that you would. And I knew that you would because you're, you're you and you truly are one of my favorite people on the planet. You have, um, I know it's probably hard for as a young person to look at somebody my age and think, okay, they're older. They're supposed to have an impact on us, but there, there's just no way I could really help you understand fully how much of an impact you have had on me. So this way I'm gonna cry so no really thank you for always inspiring me to be courageous and live fully these are things that that I don't do and so I I see this in you and um, it really inspires me so so thank you so much for being willing to come on the show and share your story with people and um, for those of you listening Make sure that you go, and again, I'll link it up, but make sure that you go follow both of Emma's accounts so that you can continue to see her evolve. And, um, you know, maybe you all can be Instagram friends like we were talking about in the beginning. Yes, oh gosh, follow me, message me. If you ever need anything or have a question, I'm, I'm here and I understand. So if anyone ever needs anything, I don't care if I don't know you, <laughs> just send me a message. <laughs> all right awesome friends (laughs) isn't it yes okay well thank you girl go outside and enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon thank you so much for taking time to to talk to us today okay bye everyone (laughs) bye